listener production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Suter. Every week in this podcast, uh, we select an issue that's unravelling somewhere in the world and we make it really easy to understand. Dr. Keith explains it all for you. He knows the background. In fact, there's pretty much nothing that is going on in the world that you don't know about, by the way, Dr. Keith. I'm not sure how many <laughs> hours you've got in your day. <laughs> They're all utilised, your hours, um, with learning. Um, and you're really good at making it very easy for us to understand and breaking it down. And that's and that's why so many people love this podcast. My name's Kate Mack. We've worked together in TV and this podcast for a couple of years as well. Dr. Keith, what's really interesting and some of the feedback we're getting on this podcast particularly is that we address issues, or you address issues that essentially no one knows about. So this is, this is stuff you're not going to find out in the in the mainstream media day to day. There's the stuff that's going on behind the scenes that no one's picking up or running with for whatever purpose that is, but you shine a light on some of the big issues that are going on that aren't getting the attention. So um, that's one of the benefits, of, by the way, of, of consuming this particular podcast, which <laughs> we'll you. get into now without ado. <laughs> Um, and we're talking cyber warfare today. You've, you've been touching on a few little scary topics lately. <laughs> <laughs> cyber warfare is something that we, I think, general population is got the back of their mind as concerned. Certainly, it's not something you can see either, Keith. No. And what we're looking at is a report about what's called Eternal Blue. The essence of it is that Eternal Blue uh, is a program based on a, a fault within Microsoft that the US National Security Agency found out about and was able to exploit for a year before anybody found out what had happened. The problem is that a hacking group has now put it onto the dark web. So if you want to make life difficult for other people, then you can now get access to that. Gradually, Microsoft systems are being uh, repaired uh, so that, in fact, there's less of a threat, but it, it, it has certainly been a problem. So in the in the United Kingdom, for example, hospital records have suddenly been uh, seized by hackers using Eternal Blue. The most well-known examples of, of cyber attacks have been WannaCry and Petya ransomware. So you turn on your computer and there's a notice saying, we now have your data. Uh, you're going to have to pay us generally around $300 in bitcoins in order to get the material decrypted, you can have your data back and we'll take your money. Thank you. Now, what I find fascinating in this report, which has come from the Sufan Center in the United States, uh, which writes some excellent material, they talk about cyber weapons escaping. So the background to this is that the Americans have the National Security Agency, which is the largest a user of computers in the world. So that's NSA, sometimes called no such agency. We don't talk about it. Well, some of us do, but ordinary politicians don't, won't. NSA don't like you talking about them. They're coming a little more into the open. And the building is there. If you visit the United States, you can drive past the building, just don't get too close to it. So that's the NSA, the biggest consumer of computer power in the world. And they employ people to check out all the new software programs looking for errors. But instead of reporting the error back to Apple or Microsoft, they work out how they can then use that error in their own favor. 
So this eternal blue was found by them. It took them several years of research, but they found a weakness within the Microsoft software. They then used it for their own cyber warfare attacks on Russia or China, whoever. But then a group broke into the National Security Agency and stole that eternal blue system for hacking. And so that they've now themselves become vulnerable. And the issue which has been raised by the Sufan group is the risk of having agencies like NSA, National Security Agency, getting hacked. And for this group is called the Shadow Brokers. They're a now notorious hacking group and they gained access to Eternal Blue and leaked the NSA hacking tool in April 2017. So NSA had developed this Eternal Blue hacking tool, which they then used on their opponents. And then this group called Shadow Brokers cracked the NSA security system, stole that the system, and has either donated it or sold it onto the dark web. So this, this has enabled gangs, therefore, to disrupt. Uh, there's a list of targets, uh, FedEx, the University of Montreal, LTAM Airlines, I'm not sure what group that is, Deutsche Bahn, uh, that would be some sort of German rail, presumably, or road, and the UK's National Health Service. The National Health Service reported that thousands of appointments and operations were cancelled and that patients had to travel further to accident and emergency departments due to this security breach. So what has happened, therefore, is that you, it may well be that if you're in Britain in the National Health Service, your health records would suddenly have been sealed and you'd have to pay the ransom in order to unseal it. So the world's largest shipping company, Maersk, lost $300 million. The delivery company, FedEx, lost $400 million. And Merck Pharmaceuticals, known as MSD outside of North America, lost $870 million after 15,000 of their Windows machines succumbed to this attack in 90 seconds. So a deeper loss, one not as quantifiable in US dollars, was the loss of data and access for hospitals and healthcare institutions. So the irony then of the situation is the National Security Agency employs people to look for weaknesses in software systems. They then exploit those weaknesses. They don't report to Microsoft saying, we've just found there's something wrong with your, your system. They keep it to themselves and then use it against other people who are using Microsoft <laughs> or Apple. It just happened this one is Microsoft or other stuff. So they keep it to themselves. But then this group Shadow Brokers got into the NSA system and stole the, hacked the hacking tool, if you're with me, and then made that available on the dark web. And then these gangs of robbers disrupted the National Health Service and other companies. But this is a... With, a, their, own, with their own warfare technique. Yeah, yeah. So hackers hacked the American hackers. It's, it's quite extraordinary. And now, Keith, why doesn't a story like this get much attention? Why do we have to find out from you? Is it no one wants to go near it, just in case? I think that there is a big issue here that governments are forcing people to make more and more use of computers. They, they are wanting to deal with people online. 
you know, we've dealt with the way in which COVID has driven so much change in only a few months and just closed down institutions, closed down post offices, for example. So you just can't handle cash. You can't handle forms. It's got to be done online. Um, and so governments are pushing us into using more and more computer technology. And yet a scandal like Eternal Blue is a reminder that they're really pushing us to the edge of a cliff. Can the politicians who are, you know, advised by 15-year-old experts in IT just seem to think, well, you know, this will be the best thing since sliced bread. We can reduce the total number of, of civil servants and whatever. We can rely more and more online. We don't need to contact the general public direct. We can just do it through a computer and a, a windscreen, a computer screen. And, of course, you can also put your jobs offshore. But then this issue is security where yep. you've got people um, dedicated to um, outsmarting government organisations exactly. and indeed any kind of organisations who are looking to protect their software. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the vulnerability that the governments are putting us into. Not only the Australian government, but a lot of Western governments are just simply saying, do this online. Now, of course, from a Chinese government point of view, this is great because it means that they can monitor their own citizens and probably monitor what goes on in Australia as well. They're bound to have hacked our system. You're listening to Global Trees. With Dr. Keith Suda, we're talking about cyber warfare and what a murky, dark underworld it is. Dr. Keith, the Chinese do get a bad rap in this particular realm because we have accused them, America's accused them of hacking. Russians get accused of hacking as well. Is there any evidence to support the Chinese and Russian governments being behind a lot of attacks on leading Western countries? Well, the problem is that it's very difficult now to work out who is doing the hacking because you've now got these um, what are called non-state actors like the, the, the shadow brokers who are not necessarily working for any government. They're just working for themselves. So we actually see a reduction in the, in the significance of governments because you've got non-state actors, to use the jargon. In other words, these non-governmental organisations who are able to hack into systems. It's a bit like Al-Qaeda taking on the United States government and doing all that damage 20 years ago on 9-11 in, in New York and elsewhere. So the shadow brokers, therefore, we don't know who they are. We don't know where they operate. Are they, in fact, a Chinese company? Are they Russian? Are they North Korean? We just don't know. And that, that is the problem, that you could sustain an attack and you won't know where it's come from. That is one of the other problems. And there is a, a deeper issue if you're going to deal with China, that China now takes the view that there's broad spectrum warfare. The Americans talk in these terms as well. So broad spectrum means that before you actually uh, start firing bullets, that you can do a lot of other things to destabilize the other side without having to go to physical violence, such as propaganda, attacking the infrastructure, etc. So this is full-spectrum warfare. So it's only later on in the game that you actually get round to using battleships and aircraft. You try to destabilise the country beforehand. But don't forget the Americans are doing this as well. I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't want you to think the Americans are sitting by doing nothing. Remember, the National Security Agency is the biggest use of computers in the world. So you've got this one government department in the United States that doesn't like being talked about in public, NSA, never say anything, no such agency, and and yet this is also waging its own form of cyber, cyber warfare on others, including, no doubt, Australia. 
So it, it's all the countries are doing it. Now, some are obviously got more money for it. The Chinese, the Americans are seen as being the world leaders. The Israelis also do very well in these areas. Maybe not quite so much Australia, but I'm sure we're playing in it. You know, we're spying on some of our local neighbours, you know, Indonesia, et cetera. So then how does this play out for everyday people like you and me? How does this impact us? At the end of the day, cyber warfare goes on, government agencies are attacked. Our details, is it purely just about the fact that our details are then leaked or given to the yes, so that so you do get identity theft. Mm. So you can get, and um, my favourite example of this is that the champion Australian white hat, so he's a guy who gets employed to test banks and airline computer systems. It takes 93 minutes between his selecting a name at random on LinkedIn and emptying a bank account. So You're just joking. So he's saying, I was at a police, I've been at two police conferences now, uh, completely closed to the public, I might say, where he's actually shown us how it's all done. You just pick a name at random on LinkedIn and you link it up to Google Earth, Google, Facebook, Instagram, all the other stuff, and you build up a complete picture of that individual. Now, what he doesn't reveal, unfortunately, is how, having stolen all that identity, he then goes to the bank and say, let me have access to my bank account. Yeah, how do you You know, do by that? saying, you know, I've forgotten the password. How do I get in? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't reveal that. <laughs> We're all on the edge of our seats, I can tell you, after the end of the presentation. But this is the risk that we are now running. And I think the general public is just unaware of that. Remember the politi- politicians, the governments, don't want people to start questioning this headlong rush into the use of computers. Now, I, I think differently from the way that people in the IT industry do. If you look at the history of IT, a lot of the people really did think they were going to make the world a better place because of their invention. Zuckerberg really did think he was going to improve campus communication by people being able to contact each other through Facebook. Jack Dorsey really did think that he could improve dialogue in this world by people being able to send short tweets to each other and issuing statements via Twitter had no idea it was going to be hijacked by the you know certain politicians etc mm. <laughs> there is this element of naivete when you read the history of information technology now these people really did think that things were going to turn out so wonderful and they're going to create a better world and yet, and in many cases of course they have but in many other cases of course it's actually contributed to the erosion of the quality of our life physically we're a lot better off because of this information technology and yet in other respects, we may not be. And the other worry that I've got is that the information technology that we, we use, particularly through the internet, was not designed for the purposes for which we now use it. So if you go back to the history of the internet and email, it started with a US defense research project whereby bases wanted to be able to communicate with each other in the event of a surprise Soviet nuclear strike. And so this system of what we now call email was invented. The academics who put it together said, well, look, we wouldn't mind borrowing this system for use for communicating between our university campuses. So that's how it it moved from the defence research area into the general civilian area. And now, of course, we have this system of internet and email, which is being used for bank accounts, showing of Hollywood movies, etc. just a vast uh, structure built on this very weak backbone of the internet because the internet was not designed for the purposes for which we're now using it. 
if Tim Berners-Lee and others, I'm sure, had been told decades ago, this is what we want to do, they would have created a different system uh, and one that would be much more robust, one which is much more difficult to suffer hijack- uh, the, the sort of the, the hijacking, the cyber attacking that we're getting. This, this is the tragedy. And presumably it's only going to get worse. It's going to get worse. I, I'm convinced that it's going to get worse. You know, Bill Gates says, oh, we'll find a way of dealing with spam. And we certainly have. We've, we've, we've reduced or we've built into people's computers systems for uh, reducing spam. But the problem is that important emails get trapped in spam folders so you don't get them anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. And, you know, my attractive offers from Russian women, et cetera, you know, they, <laughs> they seem, seem to get through. So what is interesting, therefore, is that we will promise something and yet the, we're, the reality is different. And I think the problem with Eternal Blue is that here you've got a government department in the United States who found uh, is employed, got a part of its, its system, is employed to find weaknesses in the system, but instead of reporting it to Microsoft or Apple or whatever, decided to exploit it for their own warfighting capability. Then you get a group that hijacks them, steals it, and then that group puts it onto the dark web, and then you can start to disrupt the national health system in Great Britain or FedEx or whatever. So I feel like we need to give regular updates about the state of cyber warfare in the world, Keith. Absolutely, yep. Keep everyone informed. Thank you. Listener.